0: hello friends this is nathan powell i co-host a brand new podcast called dynasty double take with dan seno we join the dlf family of podcasts with unique dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format dan and i love to debate dynasty and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers coaching draft capital and much much more DLF Family a Podcast. That's James the Brain.
1: This is actually really cool. I get to break news. I have breaking news. Sam Stompy Wayne, our very own, has taken some time off because he has signed an agreement with an MMA organization to take on a kangaroo. That's right. He's, he's training right now.
0: <laughs> you're gonna. You're just gonna will this into existence. I'm here, so he doesn't have his tag team partner. So. I don't know, man. That's Dan the Man Williamson.
2: Hey, hey, hey. thanks for having me on the show. I'm, uh, I'm getting some work done on my house right now. Got a couple Norwegian roofers up there. Yesterday I was looking, they're they're throwing about, about half the nails off, and <laughs> and uh, I'm going, what's the deal? And uh, Sven goes, yeah, on half these nails the heads are on the wrong end, and Oli goes, no, 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 those are for the other side of the roof. Uh, that's jd the
0: goat father
3: the secret service isn't allowed to yell get down anymore when the president's about to be attacked now they yell donald
0: duck (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i am john the greatest of all traitors Hope. And this is a Super Flex, Super Show. And that's right, we've got the GOAT District Podcast on to help us go over your trades. The GOAT District leagues are world famous, JD, for for the amount of trading, both both the quality and the quantity of trading. So it only stands to reason that we would bring the two of you guys on to talk some uh, listener trades with us but really appreciate both you guys taking the time jd and dan and uh i uh, before we get started with these trades i hear that you guys have some giveaways going on with the podcast the goat district podcast so i'm just gonna let you guys talk about that for a minute and uh, also i'm really curious what you guys got coming up uh, on the on the goat district podcast Yeah, man, I I say it on the reg. I mean, we're blessed with the
3: guests. For some reason, they keep agreeing to come on. So this week, we've got the DTC Invasion. JP and Riley are coming on this week. And, uh, you know, we've got a little smooth j Mike coming on next week for a little pre-July 4th action on the GOAT District. And uh, you talked about the GOATist contest online. So basically right now, you know, everybody, like I said, Everybody's waiting by their inbox, waiting for the golden ticket from Mr. Scott Fish. Well, we've got one, man. We've got one. We we actually just got an entry sent in as, as we were speaking, Mr. John Hogue, and uh, it's pretty simple. You, you go to the Goat District, you, you subscribe, you follow Dan at Overhype Sleeper, no E on the end. couldn't afford it. I'm at <laughs> Goat District. Copy us on a five-star review on Apple Pod or whatever you listen our podcast to, and we'll... we'll We'll get you an entry, man. You can win a Scott Bowl 9 entry. You can win a signed Corey Davis jersey. And you can win best ball entries onto our favorite site, our official sponsor, the FFPC.
0: Yeah, you guys got some awesome stuff coming up. Dan, what have uh you guys have also had some awesome guests lately as well. Um, just just in the last month. You guys have been absolutely killing it. Uh, can you tell us about some of uh, what you guys have been working on in the last month and some of the some of the awesome guests that you've talked to?
2: Well, of course, we had, uh, you know, James the Brain uh, on last week, as well as Noah Rudell. We double-dipped. We did a Dynasty uh, pod, and then we also did one that was a little bit more far ranging with Noah that was a little bit of best ball, a little bit of um, – a little bit of contest leagues, and um, you know it was just a lot of fun to do. We've uh, we've really been enjoying the guests we've had on. We've had we we just strive to have people on who we think can really add to the conversation. Um, you know who can take us um, and and show us something that that most people aren't thinking of, or you know show us a new way to look at something. And uh, we've we've managed to do a pretty good job of that. I think so. We're going to continue to strive to do that. A bunch
0: of influencers and james our own brain
2: hey hey
0: <laughs> me me and james me and james have had a tough time
2: lately with his james, all of his james was great we 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 just thoroughly enjoyed that it was like you know back to back with noah it was it was fantastic i mean you know jd will tell you we had we had our best week of downloads ever by a considerable margin
3: yeah uh, i gotta say him that. We, we kind of underplayed the fact that James is a return guest on the Goat District. The other person that you kind of sit in that realm with is Mr. DFF Shane, the one and only. So that's like, uh you know, that's some serious praise that you're, you're sitting with, James. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah under- man, wow.
1: That's uh, I'm gonna tell you right now that uh, John is not gonna hear the end of this anytime <laughs> soon. Like, this, this is going to be my bragging rights for a while. When Stompy oh, brings yeah. up his SFB championship, I'm gonna bring up the fact that I am the only member of the, the panel here that has been a two time guest on the GOAT district. So, yeah, ah, that's uh, not true. That's not, I've been on there twice. Yeah, he's actually, he's right. He's yeah, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I don't even have that, but I, but, that. Ju-
0: but I. I think.
3: J- James is supporting the, our, our best download week, so you, you know we'll. Yeah, them, that's we'll
2: yep. that okay.
0: Okay. yeah, that's your that's your bragging rights.
1: Yep. <laughs> there we go. Yep. That's there we right go. There. I'm and not going to mention the fact that it was probably because you know you had another guest who was very knowledgeable, to talking all sorts of of uh, daily fantasy and giving some killer advice. Because I went back and listened, I'm not going to mention that part. I'm just going to go ahead and take full. <laughs> just, yeah,
2: just take it, man.
1: Yeah. Well, you
2: know, our core is dynasty, so.
0: There you go. Well, back to dynasty and uh, actually a little bit of Superflex as well. So we put this out on Twitter that uh, we were going to have the goats come on and uh, talk trades with us and have some listeners send us their trades and we got a ton of them. So we better get to it. I'd love to get through all of these for, for all these listeners who, uh, who took the time to reach out. So um, we're going to, we're going to try and crank through these a little bit, but just kind of a little bit of a sneak peek at the end of this episode. We've got to get some you're nuts, bold predictions from you guys as well while you're here. Uh, some uh, some bold predictions that are going to be, they're going to make us say, you are nuts. And let's let's see how hot they can get. But first, let's get to these trades, guys. This first one comes from at Hey Dangle on Twitter. It's a super flex league. And he let's see, it's gonna be Aaron Jones in a 2021st and 2.1 or 2.210. Ah, oh, God, I hate saying those. 210 <laughs> here in 2019 for 102, 301 in 2019, and a 2022. And since the kind of the focal point of this trade is in the NFC North. We better start with Dan Williamson.
2: I'm gonna take the uh the Aaron Jones side of this. Um, you know, and I'm not a big believer in Aaron Jones, but I do believe that uh I'm going to have a chance to flip him. And with the 2021st and the 2019 second, um, I'll take that over the the one oh two this year and the twenty twenty second next year, and then of course the three oh one thrown in. I think I can f- I I think if I time it right, I can flip Jones for a little bit more.
0: Oh man, we're, we're predicting a, a sell window here for Aaron Jones, huh? I am. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. What, what do you think JD? Yeah, I'm
3: kind of on that, that same boat with Aaron Jones. I mean, um, when I first look at a trade, I I try to take out pieces that are similar in value. So I'm going to take the 301, the 210 and just take them out of there. They're very similar in my opinion. Uh, the 102, you're looking at what Haskins. If you're, you know, you're desperate for that that QB and you're in that super flex spot, you might take Haskins there. But it's most likely Montgomery or Sanders, maybe Nikhil Harry. Uh, I'm huge on Sanders, but if you look at the difference between the 2022nd and that 2021st, we all know how valuable those firsts are going into next year. I think the value will just increase with that pick. So I'm willing to take uh, the Aaron Jones side there. But by by quite a bit, actually, even though when I'm looking at what's in the Aaron Jones range, like maybe a a Marlon Mack, Mr. Eminem out there in Indy, I I prefer guys in that range that are uh, similar to to Aaron Jones. But if you're looking at this trade specifically, I think the value is definitely on the Aaron Jones side.
0: James does not like Aaron Jones. So I'm curious if uh, if you have different thoughts on this one, James.
1: No, I actually don't. I, I totally agree with nice. that. said. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot to add to it. I, I don't think. I mean, a twenty twenty first and the one point oh two. I mean, that's there's maybe a little bit of a downgrade there. I'd probably rather have the one oh two, but I mean, it's it's not very significant. Same thing. I mean, I would you know the two ten and the twenty twenty second. I mean, there's I'd rather have the twenty twenty second, but it's it's close enough. So so basically. The value that you're saving on that side, uh, you know, you're giving up a three point oh one for Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones's value is worth more than that, and whatever the difference is between those those other picks. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll side with the Aaron Jones side too. What do you think, John?
0: Yep, yep, exactly. And I'm sounds like I'm probably the highest on Aaron Jones um, out of this group. So um, definitely there, and uh, yeah, again. Kind of the 2021st is really what tips the scale, though, right? I mean, even if even if you believe Aaron Jones for 102 is about right, there's just nothing over there that makes up for the 2021st. So, so yeah, that one, uh, that one is pretty easy. So let's move on to this next one. It's at IDP Dynasty J, and this is a 12 team super flex with IDP, PPR, and a one and a half tight end premium. Side A, Joe Mixon, Austin Hooper, more like Austin Pooper, am I right? And Demarcus Robinson for Travis Kelsey, a 2022nd and a 2024th. And this time I want to start with Mr. Goat JD.
3: Yeah, so going back to kind of my approach, Demarcus Robinson and that 2024th are about the same value wise. I mean, you know, Demarcus <laughs> Robinson's kind of a. He's a hail mary i guess you can call right now he's nice in the sense that he's free when when you're drafting and there is that opportunity there but let's face it i mean i I don't know how significant he's going to be there i really do actually like hype uh hooper above the norm if you're looking at the past two years he's a guy i've been buying relative to where where he was going because i was thinking he's going to overproduce you want your tight ends tied to uh you know a young quarterback and a good offense he's got those checked off and he's improved every year 88 I think it was 88 targets last year so he's getting the volume and I think that volume will only increase the biggest decision you have to make when you're looking at this and I think this really I hate to use this kind of like cliche or scapegoat but it really depends on your roster Kelsey going into 2019 I think will be a huge advantage just with Hill missing you know the targets that are kind of sitting there I think he had like about 137 yeah I think yeah Hill had 137 targets last year Kelsey had a, you know, he's in that 150 range. He, he can go up to that 180 mark. So he's definitely a difference maker. So if you're contending and Kelsey's that piece on your, you know, he's kind of that secret weapon that, you know, every week you go in, doesn't matter who you're playing against. You have the advantage of tight end. This is a tight end prime, right? As much as I might put less weight on the tight end prime as most people, I do think it's a huge advantage the way the, the tight end landscape is right now. But the... Way the scale tips is Mixon, man. You, those workhorse running backs are not easy to find, you know. So Mixon is definitely one of them in this new offense, in this new regime. We're expecting a bit more out of him. He, you know, it's kind of like maybe you take Hooper and Mixon, and or Mixon, and that equals your 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 Kelsey value. I'm gonna lean this on the side of the the, the Kelsey, just looking at value. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, I, I apologize on the Mixon side just looking at value, looking at, I'm not looking at my roster. I'm just looking at this specific trade and value wise. I'm going to take the mix inside.
0: What do you think, Dan?
2: Well, I am going to disagree with my esteemed co-host and um, I'm going to take the Kelsey side here. And the reason why is I, I think with the, uh, the cocktail of both Tyree kill being likely to miss, I would say, I, you know, eight games is probably the minimum that he's going to miss. And it might be more, um, you know, what Kelsey's going to get in the way of targets is going to, in a tight end premium, make him an extremely valuable asset. I mean, he's somebody that you could move in season for almost anything, uh, to a contender, if you're not a contender. And if you are a contender, you know, the value of having that, that, you know, a Travis Kelsey, who basically is, is getting the lion's share of targets from, uh, Patrick Mahomes I know Mixon might be a bell cow we've seen him kind of be a bell cow before um, we've also seen him get hurt before uh, I just like the safety of Kelsey there I like taking the better player in the deal I mean the best player in the deal here is going to be Kelsey I do like Cooper I agree with uh, JD there I think um, you know Hooper is kind of in a way undervalued but um, but he's one of those guys who's always going to be a little bit fringy as far as like, you know, your tight end, he's not going to score with anywhere the same consistency that Kelsey is. Um, you know, and getting that 2022nd 20, 20 and the 2024th, 20, 20 as, as uh, JD said, the 2024th 20, 20 and Demarcus Robinson, I mean, you can throw those, those out. I knew, I don't even know why they're in the deal, but you know, whatever. Uh, but the 2022nd, um, you know, I, I think, that plus Kelsey makes up for Mixon and Hooper. So I'll take the Kelsey side.
3: Like, like if you're if you're contending, just kind of throw in just a last comment here. If you're contending, it's really hard to move Kelsey. I think going yeah. to 2019, he's just gonna eat, man. He's gonna be such a difference maker. Yep, yeah. that's how I
2: see it.
0: Yeah, very true. Especially in, in tight end premium like that. People kind of get get the people get this backwards a little bit. Like the difference between tight end premium and two tight end, you know, it, it, the, because the theory is that tight end premium kind of, you know, enhances the value of every tight end. And it's like, I mean, it kind of does that, but it doesn't create any kind of, it doesn't really separate, you know, most, it it separates the top tier of tight ends from the rest Mm -hmm. of them but right. it doesn't really do anything for the rest of the tight ends necessarily. You know, it, it kind of bumps them up a little bit overall, but it doesn't move them any closer to that top tier that of tight doesn't, ends. It doesn't
3: increase their value enough to be significant.
0: That's as dead on. That's exactly
3: what it is. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah.
0: Where, it, where on the other hand, you know, people tend to think that, uh, that you know, having two tight ends does, you know, that that's where – it really kind of separates the top tier from, you know, the, the rest of the pack. And it's actually, it's the opposite with that one too. You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't create a scarcity. It doesn't create any kind of, I mean, maybe a little bit of an advantage at tight end just because you can start two of them now, but it really doesn't do anything for the top tier of tight ends where tight end premium really kind of does you know there's there's just such a vast difference and it's very nuanced and people kind of struggle with that a little bit but James i want to get your thoughts on this one and uh, break the tie for us
1: yeah i don't i don't have a, uh, a i mean I think everything I was kind of thinking was sad the the way I kind of approach this is you know the kind of the same way jD did as far as breaking it down um you know the fourth uh you know you can you could take the 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 two bottom parts of this deal um and you can just kind of kind of take them away i mean you Robinson and the twenty twenty fourth kind of cancel each other out to me and I agree with that. Then I look at the second part of this, you know, the, obviously the top top players in this deal is Mixon and Kelsey. Um, I, the, the way I approach tight end, um, I, I normally don't invest heavily in the top options. Um, I think you guys are right, though. Kelsey is a rare exception. I mean, he is sitting on a, a huge year. Um, so when you take that into account, it makes it really, really close for me uh, between those two. I would lean Kelsey just a little bit. But the problem is, is that when I look at the secondary assets, I would much rather have Austin Hooper over a twenty twenty second. So when I break it down this way, to me, I agree with JD. I think the value might be on the other side. Um, so it's it's tough without rosters, you know, sitting in front of us to know how this would affect uh, each each owner and kind of how this would affect their rosters. But in a vacuum, I'm just going to take the value, and I think the value for me is on the mix side. So I think I would lean that side. uh, But I do think that this is a very, very close trade, and uh, depending on roster, really uh, will kind of depend on um, on how I feel about it. You know, if I if I had to, if I had the right context there.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I think that's probably fair. Um, I'm not I'm not going to weigh in on this one because right now we have a uh, a two to one decision, so um, he can. he can act accordingly. Uh, all right. So the next one, let's move on to this next one. And this one's from Nathan Pilmer at Nathan underscore Pilmer, who by the way, is one of many in the, uh, the notorious goat district. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shout out to Nate. And one of my predecessors on the, uh, in the co-host chair. Correct.
3: Yeah. He's Nate not- dog. By far, yeah, one of the finest funnest guys you'll have in your league. By far, absolutely,
0: and absolutely. one of the most underfollowed on all of Twitter, by the oh, way. Man,
2: it's criminal.
0: Yeah. So yeah, give give Nathan a follow at uh, Nathan underscore Pilmer. Um, he is he has an amazing mind for this stuff, and like I said, just very underrated and under underappreciated. But so he what he sent us? It's a one quarterback league, full PPR and it's Derrick Henry and Keel Harry for Tyreek Hill and Darrell Henderson. Man, so I I don't know which side he's getting here, but that Hill Henderson side, that's like that's the all all news cycle team right there. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So what is So what do you think, Dan?
2: I'm going to take the, the Henry and Harry side. Um, you know, with, with Tyreek, the big thing that I worry about is just the fact that he could be close to useless this year. He might be completely useless this year. And with the history that he has, I just, I don't have a lot of trust that he's going to be able to stay out of trouble. And as much as I like Daryl Henderson, um, I, I don't think that makes up for the amount of risk that you've got. I mean, you know, basically the the Tyreek and Henderson side, that is all risk. Whereas the Henry and Harry side, you know, that that's kind of the much more safe, um, you know, Henry he, I, I don't think he's ever going to catch a ton of passes just because they, you know, the current regime does not throw to the running back a lot. Um, and But Nikhil Harry uh, sitting there in uh, in New England, you know, he's he's a he's a high draft pick. Uh, He's sitting in a great offense. And, you know, even though Tom Brady is going to retire sooner or later, I got faith in Belichick that he's going to be able to kind of, you know, not seamlessly replace, but come up with a good replacement for Brady. And I think Nikhil Harry is going to be just all right. So uh, I'll take Henry and Harry there.
0: So I'm just going to forecast a little bit here. Um, I I, I kind of think that we might have a, a unanimous vote on this one, but I, I am curious about that real quick. JD or James, do either of you guys disagree? I I don't disagree just because I'm
3: definitely not, I haven't jumped on the Henderson train. I still think Gurley is going to be a top five running back this year. And Tyree Tyreek Hill is just a guy I don't have on any of my rosters just because the risk versus the investment is just way too high. And, and um, yeah, I, I can't disagree. I mean, I'm, I'm going on the, the Harry Henry side on this one.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll be the lone wolf here. I, I, I'll go with the Tyreek side on this. And I, oh, wow. I also, um I also feel the same way about Henderson. I haven't jumped on that bandwagon yet. I don't know that he's the handcuffed to girly that everyone thinks he's going to be at least not immediately. So um, yeah, I'm still skeptical there, but, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a big Derrick Henry supporter. I know what he showed at the end of the season was nice. I just don't know that that's sustainable. I think we've seen the kind of, the kind of player that he is over the course of his career, rather than what we saw over the past, you know, the, the last, uh, few weeks really of the season or the last half of the season. So I'm, I'm approaching him with caution and then Nikhil Harry, I think he's a couple years away from really hitting, you know, being a, 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 a guy who can contribute right away out of the gates, um, so I think I, I think I'm a little conservative on that side too. Whereas Tyreek, I'm willing to swing on that upside. Um, obviously, there is there, there's a lot of risk there, um, but I think the upside. I, I if if there was no risk there, if there wasn't, you know, if he wasn't looking at a suspension, you'd definitely take that side just because of the upside of Tyreek. So um, I guess I would approach it that way since I'm not really blown away by any of the pieces involved. I would just take the risk at that point on Tyreek and hope that, um, you know, hope that he doesn't get suspended to too too long and uh, hope that when he does come back, he doesn't miss a beat. So um, yeah, I, I would be on that side and I'm assuming I'm all alone. Right, John?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, you sure are. But I, I'm kind of curious about this. I, I think that we need to, to dig in a little bit into uh the Tyreek Hill situation I I think that people are kind of struggling I mean both of these actually you know come to think of it it sounds like we might need to talk uh about the Rams running backs in a second as well but uh, because I think people are struggling with both of these guys a little bit so I I kind of want to start with Tyreek Hill for a second here and I'm curious what you guys think about just the idea of Tyreek Hill straight up for Nikhil Harry. Is anybody taking that? Is anybody taking the Hill side of that?
2: Uh, I would be a little bit more inclined to think about the Tyreek Hill side in that case, maybe if you were just competing. because I, I, I'm more certain about Henry than I am about
3: Harry. Mm-hmm. To, to to me it all depends on if I'm competing. If if I'm competing this year and I and I need points just looking at the two receivers i'm definitely leading on the hillside i mean six right games, eight games whatever it is I, I don't think harry's i think harry's like a top 24 type of receiver in dynasty but i'm not depending on him in in 2019 and i yeah. think that in dynasty when you're looking at trades the biggest thing you need to do and that's why i tell you you always kind of hesitate looking at these trades do you want production now i you know i talked about this last week on the GoCast. cast if, if you're it's all about managing expectations. Like, what are you expecting when you draft these guys? You know, like some guys are drafting Josh Jacobs, expecting RB one production. I'm I'm drafting Sanders, and he's in on my he's on my bench depth at running back position, right? So it's the same thing here with these receivers in Dynasty. I'm probably gonna take Harry just because right now the value is there, and you know it's all looking on the up and up. But if I need production this year and I'm contending and I'm putting a guy in my wide receiver four five you know, kind of on the, the tip of your bench, ready to kind of jump in whenever you need him, I'm going to take Hill
0: between these two receivers. It sounds like that's where, kind of where you're at with it too, right, James?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, I would take Hill over Harry and I, I, I like Harry. Um, yeah. You know, I, th- I think his upside is, is, is good. And I think in a, in a couple of years, he's going to be a usable fantasy asset, but I think you know, if Tyreek Hill comes out of this, his ceiling is is much higher than uh, most receivers, uh, not just Harry. So yeah, I would I would take Hill um, in a straight up deal there. Sure.
2: Yeah, I think I think with uh, with Tyreek, I mean, basically the way you got to approach it if you're a contender is you have to be able to say I can I can make it into the playoffs without Tyreek, and then when the playoffs start, I will probably have Tyreek back. And he's going to supercharge my lineup and, you know, give me a better chance to actually advance through the playoffs. If you cannot make it into the playoffs without Tyreek, then that's probably a deal you don't want to make.
0: Yeah, that's fair. People have been kind of struggling with this. So the, the latest DLF Superflex ADP just came out within the last, the last week, um, of, uh, of this recording being published. Um, and Tyreek Hill had a little bit of a bounce back now that, you know, it sounds like the the suspension is still likely to come, but it's nothing close to what we originally thought it could be. You know, the, the original fear, I think, was, I mean, maybe a lifetime ban even uh, and certainly getting cut by the Chiefs, which is an excellent situation for him to be in. And, and to lose that would just be absolutely brutal for his value. So he's he bounced back almost two rounds from uh from around the the 86 mark uh all the way up to or 87 it looks like in uh in May all the way up into the high 60s in uh June. So people are starting to warm back up to him a little bit, but I mean, he he still has pretty depressed value here.
3: There, there's so, still John just to kick in here. There's still value sure.
0: to be had. Like I, I, I'm
3: on a draft right now, and I'm in. A, it's a ten man, and we're at the end of the eighth round, and Tyree Kill is just sitting there, and he he's he's the the first guy. You know, the next guy, the next two guys below him are Jarvis Landry and uh, Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, yeah, side you get at that in the eighth round. So that means you've probably got at least four or five wide receivers at that point. You cannot deny the upside. You know, are you going to get that upside with Kirk or Pettis? I don't think so. Yeah.
0: yeah. So in the latest DLF ADP, this this is this gets a little tougher. That I mean, that feels about right to me. I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, I think that he probably should have gone by now. Um, but this there's some tough tough decisions being made here according to the ADP. So here's a name that actually is going behind Tyreek Hill. And I'm curious which, which sides you guys would take on this one. Calvin Ridley or Tyreek Hill straight up. Oh, Ridley. Are you, are you talking about uh, Dynasty or 2019? Uh, Let's go Dynasty. Yeah. I mean, I mean,
3: they're close for this year. Yeah. I probably, did you say, Dan, you said Ridley.
2: Ridley. No question. Dynasty season long, anything. I'll take Ridley.
3: So I I again I hate to kind of like take the cop out but I think it really depends on what you you've got this ride receiver for. So if you're looking at someone that you're going to start every week, at this point Ridley's probably the safer. But if I'm going to a, a guy that I want on my roster for upside, especially where he's at right now versus yeah, he gets suspended for six games and then he comes back and as long as he's still on, on KC, I mean, the upside with Hill is
2: hard to, to pass for, for Ridley. I don't know. Am I wrong? It, it, it is hard to pass, but we, what you also have to think about is, you know, is this going to be the last incident? And pretty much everything we've seen says, no, it's not. And what's going to happen the next time? And those are the kind of things I'm looking at in Dynasty. And as far as season-long, you know, just redraft, I'm going to take Ridley every time just because he's going to help me get to the playoffs, uh, which is generally not something I'm going to take for granted uh, in a in a redraft league where everybody's kind of starting from scratch. Um, I'm, I'm going to want to take that guy who can get me off to the fast start and then I can start making trades or whatever uh, to kind of set myself up for the playoffs. And maybe I end up trading down the road, you know, Ridley for Tyreek or something. Um, but Ridley is the guy who's going to get me to, off to the fast start and season long, and in dynasty, he's going to be the guy who's going to be the safest asset. Who's still very young, um, still you know, he he's got a great quarterback uh, just like uh, Tyreek does, and so I I've got almost zero concerns with Ridley.
3: And and if you're going to move Hill, I mean, Ridley is a good place to start. Maybe you can get Ridley plus, you know, like maybe a throw a third, or I don't think you're getting a second in there, but maybe you can throw something on top hill and then uh get rid of that stress you know
1: right healed. there's another part of this too guys that i, I kind of want to address just because i i have a hard time with this and maybe there are a lot a lot of people that don't and every time i express this those people come out in droves and tell me um how you know you you just you shouldn't uh you should keep keep dynasty separate from your personal feelings but it's it's difficult for me because it's a game and Calvin Ridley's already become one of my favorite players to root for. And Tyree kill is probably my least favorite player to, to, to cheer on. Uh, I almost feel bad cheering the guy on. So I, if it's that close to me, which I think these guys are, that's something that I, I just, I can't, I can't just put on the, you know, I, I I'll use it as part of my decision making process. So um, to me, I would, I would go Ridley and I, man, it's, it's tough, but it's, can you guys kind of discuss how you balance that? Or do, does that even enter your thought process? Because um, I know a lot of people it doesn't. For me, um, that's something that I, I will consider uh, when drafting a player. Is that something that you guys think about at all? I can.
2: Yeah, go go ahead. ahead, JD. No, no, go ahead, brother. Okay. So, you know, the the way I think about it, and, you know, as far as personally, I don't think about it as drafting the personality or anything like that. You know, I'm, I'm just basically making use of the stats. Um, You know, so in that way, I'm able to very much, you know, kind of separate the behavior from off the field from the behavior on the field. Um, But the thing is, I also understand human nature. And I know that, you know, if I'm in a dynasty league, there's probably you know somewhere between you know if it's a twelve-team league, there's probably somewhere between four and eight people in that dynasty league that have zero interest in Tyreek, and so if I own Tyreek and I want to move off of Tyreek at some time, uh, you know my my trade pool is automatically diminished by you know at least fifty percent just because of that. So you know to me that diminishes his value even if I can separate. Uh, you know, his behavior off the field. And then when I think about, you know, also I have, you know, what's going, what, what might happen in future years, that makes it just a lot, a lot easier for me to just say, you know, even though I, I can separate the stats, it's still going to have an effect on what my final decision is, if that makes any sense. God, that's an excellent point.
0: (laughs) Like the, the, that, that's where the a-hole factor really comes into play is your ability. I mean, that's, to me, that's what dynasty value is all about is it's, it's less about their production on the field. And it's more about, you know, how does the rest of the league perceive this player? Am I going to be able to use this asset to, to be able to strengthen my team and to be able to improve my situation? And, like you said i mean you're you're kind of you're already behind the eight ball with Tyreek Hill because if there's anybody in that league who refuses to take him on if you've got uh, you know at least one James Catulus much less you know four or five who are just who just can't get there morally then i mean he he does he loses a ton of value i love that what do you think, JD? I mean, any? Uh, do you have any issue with uh, with like the kind of the morality of owning Tyreek Hill? I suppose. No, I, Dan. That's that's something Dan and I kind of agree on when it comes to these type of players.
3: I mean, I have zero Tyreek Hill. I have one share of um, of Zeke in the Trade out x Five. Otherwise, I stay away from from these kind of off field guys that you're you're wor- you know you're kind of checking the the headlines every day holding your breath, hoping they're not going to like because cause it's a big investment, you know, for for a lot of these guys. So right now, Hill's value is low. And that's kind of where I say if you can grab him for cheap in a trade or draft them where he's falling. You know, I kind of talked about those best balls or, or I'm sure in Dynasty, it's similar. If you can get the value there because of the upside, I think it's worth it. But I'm not going to go out of my way to get a guy like Hill or trade for him or anything like that. Uh, similar to Dan, I, I like the safety of Ridley. And Ridley's a guy where last year he he wasn't really on my radar, and he's kind of grown on me in the sense that uh, he's in a great offense. He's he's definitely in that that wide receiver two spot in Atlanta. And um, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, if you can move Hill and get Ridley, if not maybe a bit more, I think that's a that's a really nice direction to go. Maybe another guy to to get is maybe like a Mike Williams or, or a Didi Westbrook you know, in return for, for Hill and maybe a little bit more. I think that's a nice move to make. It, it's all about uh, the, what you're investing. You want it to be as safe as possible. The more you invest, the the more safety you want. So if you're one of those guys that investing in really high on Hill,
0: you're trying to get a bit of safety back. Love it. Let's talk about the other piece of this trade, Darrell Henderson. So, And I want to start with you, JD, because you mentioned Todd Gurley as a top five running back potentially in 2019. Uh, so uh, i mean clearly just no concern about the the arthritic knee i suppose right it's it's not necessarily that
3: i don't have a concern it's you know like i've i've said and I, I just i'm not a doctor you know i i just found out that i have arthritis you know i guess it's kind of severe arthritis in my from my c2 to my c6 which are basically in my neck so i have like pretty bad arthritis in my neck and um Again, not being a doctor, but understanding that it's something that once you learn how to manage it, you can pretty much function and do all the things that you want to do. These are professionals, man. These are running backs. You know, we're hearing about Sonny Michelle and he's getting his knee scoped and this. These guys are running backs, man. Like I, you know, I, I don't know how else to unless I I don't know how else to explain the fact what these guys go through on a regular basis, and these are two guys that are part of high end offenses. So the amount of volume they're put through, they're for sure they're going to have issues. My, we you know we were talking before we started recording, and we named a couple running backs, or we named a handful of running backs, and there aren't many that you can name right now. Whether you go from number one all the way down to whatever you want to go to twenty four, how many are there that you're you're really really comfortable with like you're you're sure they don't have any health issues you know there's not too many men look at what these guys are doing for a living so for me Todd Gurley especially where he's falling now the upside I want to win leagues you know that that's kind of why I do this it's it's I'm every year I want my team to be competitive and if I'm holding Gurley right now I'm holding him Henderson for me I just feel like people are kind of giving him something he hasn't earned yet maybe he will and maybe i'm completely wrong but i haven't seen it yet we talked about john kelly last year like he was going to be the next resurrection, you know next resurrection behind Gurley uh, out in la kelly's being dropped right now in in most of my dynasty leagues i'm not saying that's going to happen with henderson i think just let's just like relax a little bit don't give away the farm i own Gurley in dynasty and my only message right now is don't give away the farm for henderson just hold on to your girly's share it's obviously on the low end there will be a bright day where you can sell that share for something very special and it might be in week two it might be in week three or he might take you all the way to the promised land next year but i do not i just really feel that right now is not a time to buy girly and or to to sell girly and i don't think it's a time to buy henderson because i think his value right now bit out of control. So if I was lucky to draft them early in rookie drafts,
0: I'm probably looking to move them right now based on what's happening. So James, you were kind of on the other side of this. Uh, I suppose, I mean, I, I don't actually know your feelings on girly, but I mean, you were for you, it was more about, you know, if you're going to hedge, if you're going for that girly insurance, it's not Darrell Henderson. So I, I I mean, I, first of all, I'd love to hear the, uh, kind of the the thought process there. And second of all, I mean, what do you tell people who own Gurley? Like, what are you doing if you're the Gurley owner?
1: Yeah. And and it could be Henderson. I just don't think that that's a slam dunk. I mean, they re-signed Malcolm Brown for a reason, you know? Um, You know, this guy was a free agent and I, I hear all the time. Well, they didn't know if they were going to be able to get Henderson. You know, they didn't know if they were going to get a guy in the draft. Well, I get that, but to expect a guy that's going to come in, that's, you know, draft. I mean, we see these rookies, you know, some, some can contribute right away. Some take time to develop and uh, to, to just assume that this guy is going to be a guy who's going to split carries with Todd Gurley is that's assuming an awful lot. That's, that's you know, I mean, you might think very highly of a player, but, you know, maybe he's a year away or or, or two away, honestly. So we don't really know what his role is going to be, and we don't know that he's going to be the guy that relieves Gurley when when it's needed. Um, so, and, and we also don't know how often that's going to be needed either. So... Everything right now and and I totally agree uh, with what was said earlier. I mean right now you're buying Daryl Henderson at, at his absolute peak, and i'm I'm always against you know buying a player at their peak. You might as well wait until their value cools off a little bit because it's it's bound to happen and uh, and so no, i i that's just it for me is that Henderson could very well be an excellent asset, but we don't know that for sure. And so you're really. Buying on speculation and his upside. And I don't know that that's two things that I want to I want to do. I don't want to buy, you know, on speculation and upside. So uh that's that's where I'm at with this. Um to me I sided I with the other side only because I feel like Tyreek's ceiling is that high. Um, where a, if he wasn't being suspended, I would easily give up Henry, I would easily give up Nikhil Harry, and I'd probably give up more to get, to get Tyree killed. That's how high I am on him. Um, so, uh, you know, if you throw in, you know, Henderson as, as a throw in, um, you know, obviously I, I would take that. So that was kind of my, my take on it. Um, you guys have any different thoughts about, uh, the, the backup situation there with the Rams?
2: Well, I'll throw in, uh, you know, I, I agree right now is a, is a difficult time to buy Henderson. Uh, I'm, I'm not convinced that his value can't go higher. Uh, you know, he could be some sort of an Alvin Kamara type uh, in, in conjunction with Gurley. Uh, you know, the Rams offense definitely has, a, you know, it's high powered enough that you can, you know, you can take a Henderson, you can add him to Gurley. And especially if you're looking to save the wear and tear on Gurley, you know, you can tell yourself a story where Henderson is very, very good. You know, basically what I'm ho- hoping with Henderson is is that he has a couple of bad fumbles like in the preseason or something, you know, something that that's going to cause that dip in his value where I can swoop in because he's a guy I do like, I mean, you know, his acceleration through the hole is just, it's special. Uh, you know, you, you take a look at his split times, uh, on the 40, on the 40 yard dash, um, you know, and his his 10 yard and 20 yard times are, you know, they're incredible. Um, and that's what Henderson offers. And then also you have to say, well, you know, what are the Rams really telling us? Um, you know, they did make the move for Malcolm Brown. And, um, you know, as you said, uh, they didn't know what they were going to get in the draft. So they felt like they had to, you know, they had to keep their back up to Gurley that they feel comfortable with. Uh, but it, JD was, was talking about uh, uh, John Kelly. You know, to me, the big difference between John Kelly and uh, Henderson is just draft cost. Uh, Kelly was a six rounder. He was kind of a, you know, hey, let's give this guy a look see and see what we got. Clearly, they don't think they have anything there. And they, you know, they spent a lot to get Henderson. And, you know, so I think Henderson is definitely figuring into their plans. You listen to the coach speak, um, you know, and you, you watch what the Rams are doing with Gurley, what they did with him. Now, over the last few games of last season, you know, I think they've got concerns with Gurley and I think they are take, looking to take some of the load off. That doesn't mean Gurley can't be valuable. He can still be valuable. He can still be an RB one. Uh, but that doesn't mean that Henderson can't have value too. We're going to make a little bit of history
0: here on the podcast and why not with the goats <laughs> on it. So, but I need to create a new segment here called crazy truth time. So here's the problem that fantasy analysts often deal with is, I mean, we, we've got this feeling, we've got this thought that it, sometimes it's very subtle. Sometimes it's pulsating in the very front of our minds. And it, it, it gets really tough to express it because First, you know maybe there's some lazy analysis to it. Maybe you know it's just there's just an overwhelming consensus, an overwhelming opinion uh, going throughout the, the the community and throughout the industry. And it, and I mean, obviously, you don't want to come forward with this stuff on Twitter because you're going to get absolutely skewered, and it's going to be the worst freaking day of the week for you uh, arguing over this stuff with the way people come after you and call you an idiot for saying things like (laughs) what I'm about to say. But I think this is important. I think that we need to be able to do this. So I'm going to create a new segment here on the super flex super show called crazy truth time. And this is, this is the opportunity that what we're going to use this for is to just come out and say what we feel like needs to be said to me, the crazy truth is, I have a feeling that the LA Rams offense is going to be mediocre at best in 2019. I think that the crazy truth is, I have a feeling that you don't want anything to do with that offense in 2019. And again, you know, there's, there's, we've got Jared Goff ranked as a top 10 quarterback. We've got Todd Gurley, even though he's falling, ranked as a top you know eight running back we've got uh cooks cup woods all all ranked as top 24 wide receivers and man i i have a feeling that Gurley might get you something early in the season if he can stay healthy i think that he's he could be solid all season but I just, I just have this feeling, man, and and part of it is the the Super Bowl hangover. We've seen this a lot. We've seen this many times. They looked absolutely terrible in the Super Bowl, and there's a good chance that that spills over to 2019. I have a feeling that you just don't want anything to do with that offense. And I know, I mean, I've I've got I do the same thing. I've got them all ranked relatively high for Dynasty. I mean, the the value is not going anywhere, but. I think that there's here's an I might coin another another new term here. I think that there's going to be a chance for buybacks with some of these guys. I think you want to sell some of these guys, wait for their value to drop, and then buy them. Go buy them back Um, because I think this is going to bounce back. But I mean, I just feel like conventional wisdom says you've got all those all these weapons. You've got a you know the young franchise quarterback with Jared Goff, and you've got Sean McVay, and all of that is just kind of a just a guaranteed golden ticket to you know an, a high powered offense like what we've seen um especially last year 20 2017 wasn't quite that i mean it was mostly just Todd Gurley but it, there was there was there was some goodness in the passing game but i think that i think all of this is going to regress quite a bit
1: and Yeah. I, a, a, real quick. I'm sorry, John. I just no, go
0: for it. man.
1: I think, I think you're uh, there's some precedent to this, I think, because we kind of look at, you know, like you said, you kind of saw the fall off, but I mean, we, we all, we all acknowledge the fact that, you know, Gurley could be, could see a downtick in carries. We don't really know what's behind them as far as whether or not they can, I think it's hard to replace that kind of talent and hard to replace that kind of production. So then you're relying more on Jared Goff. And I think Goff I think a lot of people feel that Jared Goff is a product of that system. Um, And, you know, if, if NFL, you know, uh, if NFL coaches get enough time to evaluate and break down what someone wants to do to them, it's a little easier for them to stop it. So, you know, if this, if, if, you know, McVay kind of gets figured out a little bit here or they figure out a way to slow down that passing attack, I could see this offense taking some steps back. So I, I don't, uh, I don't hate the take. I mean, I, I could definitely see the reasons. There's some, um, there, there were some red flags, you know, in the playoffs, uh, just some inconsistencies. And so you wonder if, uh, if that might be a, a sign of things to come, I'm interested to see what, what you guys have to say, uh, uh, Dan, JD, what do you guys think?
3: I, I, I don't hate to take it all just because when I was a little more basic in my approach, uh, that's something that I considered. And, and it was the the loser in the Super Bowl. Just when you think about the amount of energy it takes to get there, and uh, you, you know, there, there's something about that. And I, and you know, I'm not a stats guy. Maybe Dan can answer to that. But I'd love to see the stats on an offense coming off of a Super Bowl loss. And like you said, James, there's there's definitely a precedent there. I think we've seen it in the past, and that that's something I, I, I've used in my approach. And maybe more, it's it's when you get to the point where you're you you know you're kind of deciding between two players, and and you use that as a tiebreaker. But I, I don't think you're that far off. And I think that maybe the youth that we see in L.A., when you look at the running back, the QB, the coach, you know, and McVay, like maybe that youth is kind of of, of blinding us when it comes to that aspect of it. But I think I think you've got something there, John. I, I don't think that that's something to ignore
0: when you're looking at this uh, L.A. Rams offense. That I- That – Pixie dust wears off fast.
2: It it does,
0: and I think we saw it at the end of it. We saw it in the late in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl.
2: We even saw it late in the season. Um, Yeah, you know it. it, And you know I I agree. You know, and I uh, you know I I do a lot of best ball, so I'll I'll kind of bring best ball into this. Um, with with the best ball values of the Rams offense, I have virtually none of the Rams offense right now in best ball, just because everybody is priced at their peak. And, uh, you know, we've got some significant concerns. We don't know exactly what's going on with Gurley's knee. We have Cooper Cup, who um, tore his ACL in October, and we're asking him to come back in September and be all systems go. And I don't think that's going to necessarily happen either. Um, You know, and then if you take a look at at, uh, Brandon Cooks and his splits with and without Cup, um, cooks was much much better with cup than he was without cup and if cup is diminished then what is that going to do to to cooks's stats and you know so you've got you got kind of a you know when you when you have that that great offense like the rams have you know it's it's a very it's a much more delicate cocktail than people like to believe, you know, it, everything kind of feeds off of each other. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have, uh, you know, you know, you start throwing a little bit of sand in the gears here and there and things really change fast and they change a lot worse than you would think that they would. Um, you know, so I think fading the Rams offense is definitely not a bad move. Um, uh, you know, if I can find cheap pieces of it, I would take them, but it's really tough to find cheap pieces of it right now. I'm
0: so glad that there's some supporting analysis for that because <laughs> like I said I it, some of it's a little bit lazy, you know, certainly even though there's precedent for the Super Bowl hangover it's it still feels like the type of thing that really shouldn't be predictive even though it always always is unless it, it, you know except in the case of the New England Patriots but um
2: it, it Think think about it this way. Take a look at the Vikings in in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Really, mm-hmm. nothing much changed about that offense except for you have a a new offensive coordinator who basically takes on the old offense. You know, he doesn't bring his own, but he sticks with what was already there. And then you you take Kirk Cousins, who I think pretty much everybody would say objectively in a vacuum is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. And yet somehow the offense goes downhill. I mean, that's just, you know, the Vikings had something special working in 2017. And everything was working together. And then all of a sudden, some subtle little changes, even though it seems like they shouldn't make it any worse or they might even make it better. You add in those little changes and all of a sudden things kind of fall apart. And I think I see the same thing going on with the Rams.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the Vikings, this is so so this is where it gets a little bit actionable for me as well. And I I think that this is something that a lot of analysts kind of run into. You know, we're we're kind of afraid to publicly make a statement like this one. But I mean, privately, this is absolutely something that compels us. So right at the moment, I've uh, technically I've got Jared Goff ranked ahead of Kirk Cousins. But in every one of my startups, when it comes time to make that decision, I'm going cousins every single time. I have no interest in Jared Goff because because I'm I am worried about this, and I really just need to say the crazy truth is I don't want anything to do with Jared Goff and and start ranking him that way. You know, put it out there, even though there's a good chance that I'm going to get hammered on Twitter for this. But John- I don't. John, can you just to, to hit on the cousins Goff? Do you when you look at
3: the two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. in my opinion, there's a lot more room for that cousins to go up? Yeah. You know, going to that second season. I always talk about that rapport. He's going mm-hmm. to that second season with all those weapons out in Minnesota. Whereas Goff, he's, you know, we've we've seen him, what he's done. He's gone to the quarter, he's gone to the Super Bowl. What's really left for him to do? How much higher can he go? Whereas when we're looking at value to me cousins has a lot more room to to grow when it comes to value.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man, I love Cousins this year. There's there's just so much so much to like about, you know, it, it, a full year now with Kevin Stefanski and a full year with Kirk Cousins and you know, Dalvin Cook coming back healthy finally. They fix the offensive line. They bring in Gary Kubiak as an offensive consultant. There's just and, and
1: you know, despite
0: all that, it, it, they, they had a tough season overall, but Kirk Cousins quietly threw 30 touchdown passes and only 10 interceptions with that much, with constant pressure in his face.
2: Yeah, and that uh, that's really important too, because uh, last year Cousins was pressured on 39% of his dropbacks, which was 7% more than uh, any other year. And, you know, that's that's huge because when when Cousins is in a clean pocket, he was getting you 7.3 yards per play. When he was in a, a, a pocket under pressure, 4.6 yards per play. Uh, you know, so when you're talking nearly 40% of your, you know, times he drops back, he's getting 4.6 yards per play versus 7.3. And then you look at what the Vikings have done to that offensive line. Uh, you know, you've got to feel good about Cousins' chances. It's, to progress and be be a better quarterback this year. And, uh, you know, frankly with the Vikings, I mean, you know, Zimmer's entire uh, job depends on making the playoffs with cousins. If he can't do it, Zimmer's probably gone. Uh, Spielman, the general manager is probably gone. I mean, this, you know, this whole team is going to turn over, you know, so this, this is a pivotal year for the Vikings. Uh, You know, cousins could be gone after this year. If, uh, if, if he doesn't do well too. So, you know, I think they all kind of feel the pressure, but I think on the other hand, you know, they do have all the pieces in place because then you add in Gary Kubiak and, you know, Kubiak basically runs the the Shanahan system, which is what Cousins did the best in. You know, if you take a look at like Cousins in 2016 uh, with with Jay Gruden, that was under that same Shanahan West Coast offense system. So, you know, the pieces are all there uh, for the Vikings to put it together. And you, you know, if you're going to make bets on whether the, the Rams are going to be able to reassemble the puzzle or whether the Vikings are going to be able to assemble it for the first time with these pieces, I'm going to bet on the Vikings. Yeah, man, I'm there too.
0: So we better get back to these traits. Got to thank Nate dog though. He, he, he really, he really started <laughs> he got us going. There. Yeah. I did not <laughs> see that coming, but, uh, but, but again, I, to me, that's really important stuff. You know, we're going to talk about some players here the rest of the way that are going to be, you know, Deshaun Watson and Alvin Kamara and and um, you know Sammy Watkins, even <laughs> Calvin Ridley. You know, some 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 guys that are really kind. There's not a whole lot of controversy right at the moment around them. But those two, Tyree Kill and Darrell Henderson, people are really having a tough time with that. So I'm glad we spent some time on that. Cra- crazy truth is I'm, I'm glad that we talked about the L.A. Rams offense as long as we did, even though I think it's going to be horrible.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> so the rest of the way, I think what we'll do here is uh, we'll just get one um, – We'll just get one answer on each of these tra- trades. I'll throw it to one of you guys and uh, get an answer from you. And if there is any any debate uh, that we need to have, we can definitely do it. But uh, we want to definitely rock through these as fast as we can. We want to get to as many as we can while we're respecting the time of the goats. So this next one comes from at Scott CA and then a bunch of numbers. That's not a zip code. That's too long for that. Maybe it's his phone number. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but so this is actually oh, Mark's more- right, number. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a great policy to put your phone number in your Twitter wow. handle, but maybe it's his yeah. social security. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, so thinking of trading Alvin Kamara. Just not sure. I can get a. I I can get a lot, but some guys you just don't want to trade. Maybe you guys could each discuss what you would do if you were in my shoes. Dynasty full PPR. And again, I don't think we're going to all discuss this, but I would love to hear what JD thinks about this. Uh, is Alvin Kamara a guy that you're willing to trade? And if so, what does it take?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's simple. If if you're competing, it, similar to Kelsey that we talked about earlier, if you're going to move a guy... If, if if you're I, I got excited when i when ryan told me i'm number two in in this year's uh scott fishbowl because if you're one of those first four guys i can grab one of those true workhorse running backs those true rb ones Kamara is definitely one of them and, and not only is he one of them but he's one of them on rise you know what i mean like ingram's gone I, i'm all about murray man i've been on murray for a couple of years he's he's the best stash on your bench that you can think of uh, at the running back position but um you know, there's a lot of opportunity there in, in New Orleans right now. And and we talked about the simple complexities of dynasty where you want your running back tied to a, to a good offense. And there's nothing better in New Orleans. So if you're going to move Kamara, I mean, I'm going to probably move him and try to get one of those, I don't want to say equivalent running backs, but a, a running back that's maybe in a tier down and then another piece on top. But it's really hard for me to move a guy like Kamara. Barkley, uh CMC. If I'm competing right now, I'm not moving any of these guys. So I, I'd have to get a lot more detail on what exactly I'm getting back. Can,
2: uh, I, can I throw in a trade that I made? Uh this is this is a GOAT trade, too. Uh yeah, definitely. I, I I had Kamara um and I, I was fending people off left and right. I mean, I was getting just all sorts of offers for Kamara, and I finally I finally made the deal, and you can tell me whether it's a good one or a bad one, but I gave up uh, Kamara, Justin Hardy, and Brandon Powell, so in other words, Kamara and just two absolutely (laughs) worthless pieces, and I got back uh, On Johnson, Damian Williams, Calvin Ridley, and a 2019 210. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah, that's pretty nice.
0: I mean, I was sitting here thinking maybe it's the wrong time to sell Kamara. Maybe you wait until earlier in the season. But, I mean, if you can get a haul like that, if you can get three starters, I don't I don't know how you pass it up.
2: Yeah. And that was the first trade out of, you know, probably 30 that were offered to me that I, I was just like, yeah. This I can do. I had a couple that were close, you know. Some that were like, uh, you know, packages of draft picks and so forth. But I was, you know, I'm a, I feel like I'm a contender in this league. And so, you know, when you when you have a Kamara, it's a, th- he's he's got the potential for 300 points. There are not very many 300 point players out there. So you have to, you, you really have to weigh that, you know, because if you can stack your lineup with, you know, like three or four or five 300 f- point players. You've got something special. I mean, you've got a, you know, that's, that's a team that can go all the way. Uh, you know, so giving one of those up, you, you know, in my mind, you have to get a lot for him because, you know, you're going to be, even though all these guys can probably be in my starting lineup, they're going to be taking up three spots instead of just one with Kamara.
0: Yep. That, that's the type of haul I would be looking for. And yeah, to me, there's, there's always a price. The, yep. You you just, you can't say no, you know, nobody's untouchable ever. Um, Right. All right. So this next one, this is from at fantasy long shot. It's a 20 team half PPR with 20 man, 21 man rosters. Um, Start uh, two super flex, a running back, two wide receivers, a tight end and one flex. Uh, So kind of smaller starting lineup. Uh, just normal quarterback scoring, four-point passing touchdowns, negative two interceptions, and uh, 25 yards per for one point. So, James, this one's going to be for you. So, uh, Fantasy Longshot gave up Lamar Jackson, O.J. Howard, Will Fuller, Latavius Murray, and RG3, the handcuff for Lamar Jackson, and received Deshaun Watson, Tyler Boyd, Darrell Henderson – Jack Doyle and Raheem Mostert who wins that trade?
1: Yeah, to me, it's pretty easy. I'm taking the Deshaun Watson side. Um, It's a 20 team league with only one copy of every player. So those quarterbacks are really valuable, especially because it's super flex. Um, The upgrade I get with Deshaun Watson over over Lamar Jackson, which I love Lamar Jackson, but the, the upgrade is, is still there uh, with Watson. I mean, you know, what Watson's upside is you're hoping Lamar Jackson has an upside similar to that. Um but also the rest of the package. I mean, uh, OJ Howard is nice, but I I don't I I don't buy tight ends traditionally. Um so I I'm I would be fine with Jack Doyle and then I also get to add Tyler Boyd, who I think might be, you know, outside of the quarterbacks the best player in this deal. Um over Will Fuller, you know, guys like that. So, um I, I'd happily buy that side. I'm Firmly in the camp of the Deshaun Watson side. I think that side wins this trade. Not only uh, do I like the players that are involved better, but I think the value is on that side as well.
0: That sounds about right to me. All yeah, right. I agree. Next one from 01 Scratch. And uh, he actually has two trades for us, but I'm going to give them both to Dan. So this first one, Nikhil Harry, Mark Ingram, in a 2024th for Jarvis Landry. Jarek McKinnon in a 2021st. Who wins that,
2: Dan? All right. Second side was Landry McKinnon.
0: Uh, yeah, Landry McKinnon in a 2021st. You said
3: on the. I'm gonna. Side,
2: I'm, I'm I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna take the side with the 2021st. Um, I I I like Landry very well. Um, McKinnon, I'm not real wild about, but I'm not real wild about Mark Ingram either. Uh, you know, so basically, you know, to me, it's it's Landry in the twenty twenty first for Nikhil Harry in the the twenty twenty fourth, and I, you know, I think Landry, you know, Landry's already established himself in this league. Uh, Nikhil Harry has done absolutely nothing. I'll take Landry, and I'll take that uh, that twenty twenty first in a deep draft. Uh, versus Nikhil Harry, who was kind of, you know, the best pick of a bad, or one of the better picks of a bad draft, and uh, 2024th, which is, you know, close to worth nothing.
0: All right. So one more for you here, Dan, from from 01 Scratch. Nick Foles or Sammy Watkins in Superflex?
2: I'm going to take Watkins. Uh, you know, again, I've, I've kind of been on record that uh, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be suspended for... I think 10 to 12 games, I think eight games is the absolute minimum. I think Watkins is going to be the one to, to really profit out of the wide receiver core. Uh, you know, we have seen Watkins do really, really well in Buffalo before he started having all his foot problems. Uh, it seemed like he, you know, is hopefully getting better this offseason we haven't had any setbacks this offseason like we have in previous offseasons i think Watkins is a guy that you can get and you can you can throw him into your starting lineup and you can do um, you can do some good things with him and then uh, you can probably flip him after a few games and uh, and do better than Foles
0: nice all right next one from our friend shecky at hey shecky it's a 14 team super flex this one's going to you jd 14 team super flex. He has four quarterbacks: Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, and Drew Brees. Would you trade Kirk Cousins for Calvin Ridley and two 20-20 seconds?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is this is tough. I, I just feel and this is I'm blaming you, man. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, totally changed, especially in super flex. Yeah. I, I just I value quarterbacks way more now. And I, and I think cousins right now. You know, everything that Dan talked about and that we've talked about today. I think that Cousins right now is overvalued going into the season. So if I'm looking at Ridley, he's a nice piece to get back. But those two those two seconds are not necessarily going to – I don't think they're going to close the gap for me if I'm moving Cousins. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably going to wait right now. I always look at where the value is right now when I'm making the move. And I think that Cousins' value will only increase as we get closer into the season, if not in the first uh, three or four weeks. So I'm probably going to hold and try to get something more uh, for Cousins in a Superflex, especially a 14 team. That's
0: pretty key, too. Making my heart smile. Yes, sir. What if
2: Ridley 2021st? Would that change it? What, what was the question? If what? It was Ridley in a 2021st. For Cousins yeah I, I think
3: it I mean obviously it brings it closer um yeah that's a tough one that's a tough one I, I might lean on the the Ridley in the first side just because um let's just remember those those 2020 first also include quarterbacks right right so if you miss your opportunity and and you don't think as highly on Cousins as we do maybe uh Dan as a Minnesota fan and me as a, a Diggs fan um you might lean on the uh, side of Ridley in a first. It, for me, it's all about are you getting the value? So if you're going to move Cousins, I don't mind that as value.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I'd take Ridley in a 2021st just because, you know, the 2021st could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I'm, re-
3: I'm reaching for the sound effect right now. I just can't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm really rich i'm really rich
0: yes it's the best I nice could. uh man we got to have you guys on more often just if, i mean if nothing else for the drops <laughs> definitely for the analysis as well but man just the the just for the sound effects um uh, <laughs> all right james here's one for you it's from at dynasty Eor. it's a half ppr 10 team one quarterback league Send Amari Cooper, Travis Kelsey in a 2023rd. Get back Le'Veon Bell and Julio
1: Jones. I, this one's hard for me because I, um, I notoriously am not a Amari Cooper truther. Let's, let's put that <laughs> that, that's a nice way to put it. Um, so it's really hard for me to evaluate this, especially because I, I think Le'Veon Bell is, is being underrated at this point. Um, so you know, my heart says that side, but my head probably says the Cooper Kelsey in 2023 is probably better value. Um, you know, Cooper is younger than Julio and his value is right around Julio's. Um, you know, right now, as far as his ADP value goes, they've got to be pretty close. Um, Kelsey and Bell, um, you know, being that it's, it's uh, only a half point PPR kind of hurts Kelsey a little bit here, but Bell's also a really good receiver. So it doesn't really help him too much either. And then the 2023rd on top of it, I think you're probably getting better value and you're getting ascending assets with the Cooper and Kelsey side with Bell and Julio, as much as I like those guys, those guys are, are, you know, descending their value is only going to go down. Uh, So I think if you're uh, if you're selling Bell and Julio, um, you're doing so right now at probably the, uh, the the highest their value is going to to be uh, moving forward. So um, yeah, I would go with the Cooper Kelsey side, and I wouldn't feel good about it, and I <laughs> hate myself for it for a long time. But I would I would win that side.
0: <laughs> All right, maybe we could validate James a little bit here. So again, half PPR. So you know that definitely affects the wide receivers. How do you guys feel about Cooper for Bell straight up? Which which side are you guys on? Just a just a quick one-word answer. Uh, which side are you guys on, goats?
2: Uh contender Julio.
3: Yeah, I'm holding my tongue, man. I'm all over that Cooper Kelsey side. I mean, lev Bell for me, I'm I have zero shares. I'm avoiding. He's rapping. I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to win <laughs> You know, like, and it's not like he's rapping and he's going to New England. Like he's going rapping and he's, he's going to the
2: Jets, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but two chicks at the same time, man. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) That's why I love Ben, man.
3: (laughs) Like, that's like that stealth radar, you know, like you don't expect it. And then he just comes up and drops a good one. But look, look, Julio, Julio is my boy before, before Juju came along. Julio was my number one. Didn't matter what people were talking to me about, but when you're looking at fantasy right now, I I don't think you can even come close to that Cooper Kelsey side. I mean, the the amount of the advantage you have for me, Cooper right now is a top ten, top twelve at, at the very least in dynasty as a receiver. Uh, Lev Bell, he's he's a roll of the dice in my yeah. opinion. Just
2: based yeah. on the, the whole trade, I'd do Cooper Kelsey. But as, as far as Cooper versus Julio, straight up. I mean, if I'm a contender, I'm going the Julio side. But if I'm if I'm not sure if I'm a contender or not, I'm taking the Cooper side. How about Cooper versus Bell, Dan? How do you feel about that one? Uh, I'll take Cooper. Okay, yeah. fair
0: enough. All right, one more. Well, two more trades. One more guy from our friend Nathaniel Nathaniel Broton at Nathaniel Bro. So this first one, I want to give this to JD because, uh, well, you'll see here in just a minute but it's a 10 team ppr super flex one point per five yards rushing so running backs get devalued a little bit here he also hit so some context here his wide receivers he already has michael thomas keenan allen aj green tyler boyd larry fitzgerald he's in pretty good shape at, at wide receiver although green and boyd that's that's a little bit of a that's suboptimal. Let's fix that part next. Mm-hmm. But uh otherwise other running backs, he's got Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Jet McKinnon. It's really not bad shape there. But so he sent Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Jones, and a twenty twenty second, and he got back Nick Chubb and your boy Stefan Diggs. Which side of that are you taking, JD? So
3: oh man, these are two like I love Chubbs and I love Diggs, but so what was coming back with the OBJ and um
0: what was it? OBJ and Aaron Jones and a twenty twenty second was the second and then yeah. Chubb and Diggs. Yep.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna go Chubb and Diggs just because um Diggs for me is a top 10 wide receiver. It, not that not that uh ODJ's not, but in my opinion right now, and, and I talk about it often, and, you know, I keep coming back to that rapport, but you've got a, a wide receiver one going into a new offense, into a you know, he as much as I'm sure he loves Baker Mayfield, just like we all do, he's gotta build rapport there, right? And then Jarvis is gonna be there tugging at him, just be like tugging at his shirt, like, dude, what about me? Like, hey, you know, I was here first. So uh, in my opinion, I'm gonna go uh, Digs and Chubb. I I love Chub uh, uh, as a as an RB one, and Digs for me, I'm I'm valuing uh, probably higher than most. Dan is a, is a Minnesota guy, so he might correct me right now. But Digs for me, Digs for me is a top ten wide receiver in dynasty.
2: Yeah, Digs is great, and I'm gonna go the same side. I mean, read off read off again uh, who the the running backs are that he has on his squad right now? Uh, David
0: Johnson, to me, is his running back one. And then Fournette, Mark Ingram, and Jarek McKinnon.
2: See, those, those last three, to me, that's just fragile as hell right yep. there. And I'd, I'd be looking to shore up that running back, too. I mean, I could see Ingram, Fournette, and McKinnon all being worth significantly less next season than they are this season. Uh, so I'd be looking to get off those trains. And Chubb is a guy I could see even more, even more next season than he is this season. So, you know, if I can get Diggs and Chubb and, you know, I got to give up Beckham, which is difficult to do, but I, I think I would do it to, uh, you know, to shore up those two positions because I don't feel that much worse about Diggs than I do about Beckham. Yep, same.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to give you this last one, Dan. Uh, this is also from Nathaniel Bro. Uh, it's a different league, but the exact same setting. So 10 team, PPR, super flex, um, and still that uh that one point per five yards rushing, um, just uh just dampening the running backs just a little bit. So he sent Devonta Freeman and a 2022nd, and he got back carry on Johnson. Which side of that do you want?
2: I might be on an island here, but I'm gonna take the uh it well. I'll, I'll take the Freeman side if I am a contender and I'm trying to win this year, but otherwise I'm going to take the carry on side. I really like carry on Johnson. I think he's uh, I think he's a great talent. Uh, I think he is going to move to something close to a bell cow role as the season moves along. So in uh, Freeman, I, I, I just have concerns about him. He's not really what you'd call a special athlete. Um, he's, he's, pretty good and he's in a great offense. Um, you know, so for that, for those reasons, I would take him this year, but, uh, you know, as far as moving forward for a couple more years, carry on is pretty easily my choice. All right, deal.
0: That'll do it for the trade. So thank you to, uh, to all of you who sent those in. And uh thank you to the goats for helping us out with that. Before we let you go though, we've got to do we've got to do this. This is kind of a, a newer thing that we're doing with all our guests, but we've got to get a bold prediction from each of you guys. And here at the super show, we call it you are nuts. You're nuts. So I'm gonna start with you, Dan. Show us your nuts.
2: <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go very, very far out on a very, very skinny limb, and I'm going to say Curtis Samuel outscores DJ Moore in 2019. Ooh, James, what do you think? How nuts
0: is he?
1: Well, I've been seeing a lot of Curtis Samuel uh, hype. Um, I'm going to say you're a little nuts only because I really like DJ Moore as well. Um, I think both these guys are, are going to be in line for a nice season. But I do think DJ Moore is going to be the better receiver at the end of the year. Um, Curtis Samuel is definitely, I mean, he's a really good route runner on the outside, and he does a lot really well. Uh, but I, I also think DJ Moore does too, and I think that goes under the radar a little bit. Um, so I, I don't think you're totally crazy, but I think you're a little nuts.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I, and, and, and to be honest, I agree with you. I am, I am, I am buying both as much as I can anywhere I can. So I, I, I don't care which side of that wins.
0: Yeah, that one's super close. I I don't know that you're nuts on that one necessarily. Um, it, it Yeah, just a little. I'm with James. Just a little bit nuts on that one. All right, J.D., your turn. Show us your nuts. All right. So like, like I try to convince my
3: wife every night,
0: <laughs> honey, 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 you're gonna start
3: this. Honey, honey you're gonna love my nuts <laughs> <laughs> late night here they are oh, and man. they
1: are oh. glorious <laughs> our listeners can't see this but jd just sent us a picture in the group chat jd how oh, are you? Really? Are you.
3: Are you? that's crazy i'm, I'm old man those, those boys are dropping you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so a, lot, a lot of gravity up there in Canada that's right right. so uh you know i i I was gonna take the the easy route go my boy juju call him my number one wide receiver but i I think enough people heard me call that so i'm gonna go deep man. i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go across the border to my nemesis the new england patriots so i'm gonna call two players out as league winners going into uh maybe the the third third of the 2019 season i'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go Gronk. I'm gonna go Josh Gordon as league winners, going into that last, maybe the like I said, the 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 third third going into that playoff season of fantasy. I think those two boys can uh, maybe win some boys. Uh, I don't know. Is that is that hot enough? You guys tell me. <laughs> oh, that
1: That's is nuclear that hot. Is <laughs> hot. Big stack of nuts right there that you're showing that yeah no that's you crazy can't handle the truth <laughs> i I think, I, think, I think yeah no you're definitely crazy there's no I, I i we'll be lucky if gronk plays again and i i do think he will but uh but i don't i don't i don't know and then josh gordon man like I don't know if eighth times the charm or not with that dude. So I'm 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 out. Like I'm not buying any more of that. And I wasn't even when he was with Cleveland towards the end. I was out on him. So um, I'm definitely I've washed my hands with him. And I've uh, I've recovered from you know having that guy rostered pretty much everywhere for a long period of time. I'm not even thinking if if that guy does that, he's going to do it on someone else's roster, and uh, and I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with missing out on it. James,
3: I, I don't know if you know, but uh josh gordon right now he's staying at the uh tom brady hotel where uh they're <laughs> it, serving nothing but quinoa salad and uh you know a- anything that is green and
0: bunch of grains green is oh, kind of the problem oh, though yeah yeah <laughs> the, yeah you're right the, yeah fair the, to say.
2: The,
0: the, the greens kind of get in the way is is kind
3: yeah. of to the left hand side <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not that I know anything about it. He's got to keep his left hand free. That's the problem. (laughs) Oh man, Uh, yeah, (laughs) uh,
0: yeah. That's that's a walk off shot right there from from uh, from the goat district. Just just that's beyond nuts. That's just he's just going around teabagging everyone's valuables right now Uh, with that one. That was. That's on fire. I like it though. You're, you're, you're nuts. And I love it. (laughs)
1: Brought the.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. God, thank you for coming on real quick. Dan, where can they find you and all of your work? All right.
2: Uh, I am at the overhype sleeper at overhype sleeper, drop the final E. Um, and, yeah, you can, you can find me on uh, on the Goat District podcast. You can find me on Twitter, uh, just generally goofing around and sometimes dropping a few nuggets. And uh, you can definitely find me uh, talking dynasty, talking best ball, talking you, anything you want that's related to fantasy football. I'm going to be there. All right, your turn,
0: J.D. Where can the beautiful people find you? Yeah, man, I, I want to thank
3: you. Uh, james and john for having us on tonight uh dan is uh one of those guys that's under the radar and he's uh he's underplaying his value in the fantasy game and and that's why i you know i invite him to talk to me every week but uh it's a privilege to anyone that listens so i appreciate dan and uh john and james you guys are two of my favorite guys to interact with uh in fantasy land so i appreciate you guys inviting us it's it's an honor to be on with you guys and uh i hope we brought some kind of value to your listeners uh you can find me jd at goat district and like we talked about if if you're not in the, the scott Fish bowl like like that's like not being in the world series of poker you know <laughs> if, they're giving, if they're giving entries for free so we're giving we're giving away an entry scott fishbowl nine we're giving a corey davis jersey if you're in the dynasty and you understand how undervalued that dude is right now you get his jersey for free man signed and we got some ffpc best ball entries to give away so follow us follow dan and uh james
0: and uh john thanks for having us on boys
2: yeah absolutely this has been a blast
0: pleasure is all ours guys and i love the uh the, that, the Corey davis walk off i will take that for sure <laughs> I love that one. I think James is already out the door, so he can't even say anything about it. So that makes this the perfect time to wrap it up for the week. Got to thank the GOATs again for coming on. Make sure to check out the GOAT District podcast. Straight fire. Every single week, plus the best drops in the game, by the way. But as we wrap it up for the week, we're going to ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener and in the vein of listener interaction send us your traits on twitter at superflex show you can also send them to any one of us individually stompy is at ffstompy. james is at underscore james the brain and i'm at superflex dude and again make sure to tag those goats as well we can retweet them help you get more votes and comments and sometimes we even bring them here on the podcast as evident by this amazing episode Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.